opportunity for prayer this morning. Brother Richard, would you pray for us, please? Man, you may be seated unless you celebrate a birthday or an anniversary. We'd like to recognize you. All right. You sung two twice, you can get sung to a third time. You're getting old. Richard's getting old. I said Richard's getting old, right? Amen. Okay. So a few things from Bulletin here. Couples retreats coming up. Uh, you can go Thursday, Friday, 16th, 17th of February, or you can go Friday, Saturday, the 17th, the 18th. And um, this coming Wednesday is the last time to register at a discounted rate. And you go online to livingunited.com. You can sign up there. And make your plans. And if you're going, if you would sign up on the sheet in the back, just lets us know uh, how many places to save. We like to save places, and uh, we we usually set in pretty close up front, and so we like to be able to do that. So if you could sign up, that'd be great. Uh, church business meeting will be this Wednesday night uh, on the 25th. Now. It's kind of funny, the last couple of Wednesday nights business meetings that we had, we got snowed out. So I don't know. It doesn't look very promising. We got crummy snow last time. We got snow, but we didn't get near enough snow. It's just not even worth mentioning that we got snow. But um, if we get a blizzard on Wednesday night, uh, we'll let you know through the blast thing that we have. And uh, if you're not signed up for that, you want to see Brother Potts about getting your name on it, we, uh, we can send emails, texts, or phone call to let you know whenever church might be canceled because of bad weather. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that this year. But we do have February and March, and sometimes they get uh, intricate. And so, um, But we'll be voting for church officers, and uh, then we'll be uh, presenting the budget talking about some of the things that God allowed us to do this last year and look into the future just a little bit, uh, what this next year looks like. And so be exciting time, encourage it, plan, come be here Wednesday night. Ladies' meeting will be the following night, the 26th, 7 o'clock here at the church. Uh, Mrs. Quinlan's going to be the speaker. I know that'll be a great time, encourage it, plan to go to that, ladies. Uh, Year-end giving uh, receipts are out. And uh, if you haven't gotten yours from Brother Carl, see Brother Carl. He's got those uh, missions conference right around the corner. I hope that you're praying about it. We're looking forward to having the, the scuffums to Cambodia. Uh, his dad pastors a church down in Mission, Kansas. Uh, the Parkers uh, to Japan. Brother Parker grew up as a church kid over here at Faith Baptist in Olathe and uh, served on staff there. So excited about having him. And then some family named the Marinos to Florida are going to be with us. Uh, speaking of the Marinos, uh, oh, California. Sorry, that my brain gets to shifting gears too fast. 
Um, I thought, I need to go talk about their apartments so that, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're going to California. Um, anyhow, they put in an app on an apartment yesterday, and um, they had a guy from their church go look it over, and uh, so they're kind of excited about it. They filled out an app. Uh, the app came back possible, and so they're waiting on a review that uh, we'll get back to them t uh, on Monday. So if you would be praying for the Marinos, pray that they'd be able to get an apartment. I know they want to get there and serve where God's called them to, and we want to be able to go. And so you'd be praying about that and uh, praying for them. And then I uh, want to mention that uh, Mrs. Chen is in the hospital, if you didn't know that. And we received some exciting news Friday night that she was able to lead the lady in the bed next to her to the Lord. And uh, she, she can't get out of bed. That lady couldn't get out of bed. Curtain divided them, but she could talk to her. And so she talked to her through the curtain, read her scriptures. The lady prayed and asked Jesus into her heart. And so praise the Lord uh, for that. And praise the Lord for a witness like Mrs. Chin. And uh, she just talks about the Lord all the time and uh, his goodness to her. And so pray for her health, pray for her healing, and then pray that uh, God would work in the life of this new believer also. Uh, many here on the prayer list ask that you remember to pray for these, lift them up before the Lord, and we look forward uh, to a great service today and all that God is going to do in our midst. God bless you for being here. Going to have Brother Foster come lead us in another song, and then we'll get to our Sunday school time. You join me in singing hymn number 255, Come and Dine. We'll sing the first and the last verses. classes where you can go and die. Amen. Get something from God's Word this morning. All right. My class, we're in lesson number 10 once again. Whoop, I'm dropping things up here. Lesson number 10. If you need a handout, we have a few more of those. If you'd raise your hand, we'll get those to you. Any more? All right. Everyone has one? I think Brother Carl's got them back there. There we go. We got them. Anyone need one? All right. One right up here. 
All right, while you're waiting on those, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 is where we will be, continuing in this lesson that we started last week. All right, looking at the subject of strength comes through weakness. Looking at the life of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, and we need to understand some things about our Christian life, and I hope that you, as we go through these lessons that you're examining your life and you're asking yourself, um, what application can I make? Obviously, as we read through the Word of God, we need to be making application, applying these things to our life that uh, we might be better servants of the Lord, that we might know how to uh, function in this world as God would have us to and make uh, correct decisions and to be able to live for Him and honor and glorify Him in all that we do. So we can learn some very valuable truths here as we look at this lesson this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 7 is where we will begin our reading. It says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, whoa, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Notice that that phrase there is used twice. And I think that it stresses the importance that we must recognize um, the issue with our flesh and that of pride and, and the opportunities that we have to feel um, about ourselves more than we ought to think about ourselves exalting ourselves above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. There's something within Paul that's contrary to many people in this world today. And I think that we can understand uh, the difference here. You know, verse number 10, we can't understand that. Before we're saved, before we know God and, and Christ as our Savior... Well, we can't understand verse 10. How can we take pleasure in these things? How can we take pleasures in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses? The answer is found in verse number 9. He loved the Lord so much and he understood that he could do nothing outside the power of Christ. So he desired and he chased after uh, he allowed his life to be consumed with this thought that I need Christ. And I need Him so badly, and I need His power to be revealed in my life. And that is more important to me than anything else. So it doesn't matter what I go through in this life, as long as I have Christ and His power residing on me, I'll gladly go through these things. And I will gladly bear them that the name of Christ might be exalted, that His power might rest upon me. So let's consider that thought as we go through this lesson and continue it here this morning. And I want to remind you that when we're speaking about weakness, 
uh, we're not talking about a moral deficiency or some besetting sin in your life. We're not talking about that at all. In Paul's case, it was a physical weakness. There was something that was in his life that was uh, impairing him. It was a handicap, if you will. And it was a physical weakness. But this weakness could be other uh, facets of our life, feelings of inadequacy uh, for service. Uh, could be uh, in the face of an overwhelming circumstance we feel weak. Whatever it is, know this, that Christ's power can and will reside on us. And He can show His power through us. So we have an opportunity here to see God's strength shine through our weakness. So let's quickly go through the points that we went through last week so we can remember where we were. What are the steps here then in order that I might uh, see God's power and His presence in my life? Well, we must first of all deal with that pride issue, humble ourselves before the Lord and admit that we can't. Admit that we can't. We must have God's strength. For whatever we face, whether it's temptations of this life, whether it's uh, the physical inabilities that we might have, we must admit that we can't. And, and when we looked at the life of Paul, we understood that his weakness was significant. It was something that really hindered him uh, in his life, and he recognized it, and he went to the Lord thrice that he, the Lord might remove it from him. But we know that the Lord decided not to remove it from him. And then we saw from our portion of Scripture that we read once again that this weakness was sent by the devil, was sent by Satan himself. And we... We understand this truth, and not every weakness is sent by the devil, but Paul's was, and he referred to it as a messenger of Satan to buffet me for this reason, lest I should be exalted above measure. And then thirdly, we see in this area of I can't, is that Paul's weakness was serious. It was a serious matter. And we saw that he went to the Lord again three times because it was such a serious matter, and it he felt like it was hindering him in his service for the Lord, and then he came to understand that it, it really wasn't a hindrance for what God could do. And understand that. Any weakness that you have, uh, God can work through it, and God can work miraculously through your weakness if we get out of the way and admit that we can't, but then acknowledge that He can. And this is the part I'm thankful for, and I'm glad that we can acknowledge the fact that He can. Our weaknesses prove that we are unable to uh, and uh, we are unable, and they point us to this very thought, that He is able. So we must recognize that I'm unable, but He is able. And He can uh, provide a path, and He can provide a way through. And we looked at Philippians 4.13, and I'm sure we quote it many times, but do we believe it? I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And then I'm thankful for God's grace. And we began to look at that last week. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 uh, of our text, it says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I'm thankful that the grace of God is there for our life. That He is there in the midst of difficulty, He's in the midst of, of weaknesses in our life, and He can work through them and show His grace. And we understood this as we began to look at it last week, that God's grace is plentiful. God's grace is plentiful. Uh, he's willing to pour it out on your life. He's willing to pour it out on my life. And I'm thankful that we have a God who is so gracious towards us. He, Paul realized that God can because His grace is sufficient. 
And we went through a few of these last week, and I'll just reiterate them because I believe they're so important. First of all, we see God's grace in our life when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, so we experience His saving grace. We aren't saved by our works, but it's by the grace of God and that grace alone that we are saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm hopeful that today that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and that you are trusting Him and Him alone for all of eternity for your salvation. So as we accept Jesus Christ our Savior, that grace doesn't end there. It continues on. And as the moment that we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Bible tells us that we are set apart unto God. And that word set apart, we can use this word that we are sanctified unto Him. That's what that word means. It means we're set apart unto God. And He continues a work in us. And He's setting us apart. We're set apart unto Him for what purpose? That we might become like the Lord Jesus Christ. He's conforming us to the image of His Son. So it's Christ-likeness. That's what the term Christian means, that we are Christ's followers. We are following Christ. We are becoming like Him in the way that we live, in the way that we conduct ourselves, and in our attitudes, and our actions, and all that we do. Then He gives us serving grace. So God saves us from an eternity in hell, and then gives us a home in heaven for all of eternity. He sets us apart unto Himself, that He might sanctify and cleanse us and renew us day by day to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And as we do that, then He wants you to serve. For what purpose? That others might see the grace of God in your life and that they might recognize their need for Jesus Christ as their Savior as well. And then He gives us sustaining grace. Sustaining grace to endure trials, to go through tribulations. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 9, Paul experienced many tribulations. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Paul, Paul here is recognizing uh, the sins of his past and the error of his way in the past. And he, he can recognize here that I'm not worthy to be an apostle. But then in verse 10 he goes on to say, But by the grace of God. So you can insert any of the failings of your past, any of the sins of your past there. And if they're confessed, and under the blood of Jesus Christ, you can insert here, but by the grace of God. I am what I am. And His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. The last area here in the area of grace is that God gives supplying grace. God's grace abounds to us and supplies every need that enters our lives. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. God's grace is sufficient. I hope you understand that this morning. For whatever your need is, God's grace is greater. God's grace can get you through. God's grace will provide exactly what you need. So God's grace is plentiful. Not only is it plentiful, but it's personal. It's designed specifically for you. God knows, as I said just a minute ago, exactly what you need. God's grace is not only available to us, it is also customized to meet each unique need and situation. 
Paul's thorn in the flesh was a peculiar weakness that only he suffered. We all have different weaknesses, but we have the same God. And He specializes in enabling us with grace that is perfectly calibrated to our individual limitations. God's grace met Paul's need right where he was just for him, and He will do it for you as well. When God promised Paul, my strength is made perfect in weakness, the word strength refers to a dynamic or supernatural power. This miracle performing power is made perfect or fulfilled in our incapacity. So when we recognize a physical weakness, when we recognize uh, that we are inadequate in in and of ourselves to accomplish a task that God has given us, remember that He is able and His power is made known in our incapacity. God gives every believer the perfect measure of divine grace and strength to sustain him in his weakness. Psalm 18.1 says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Psalm 21.1, the king shall joy in strength. O Lord, and thy, in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Psalm 27.14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And Psalm 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise Him. I hope you recognize the significance of the gift of God's grace in your life. And recognize that it's always there and available to you. Go back to point one and recognize I can't. And then go to point two and recognize that He can and petition God for His grace, and it will be there. It will be there and designed exactly for you and for what you need in that moment. Then let's look at point number three. We must admit that I can't. We must acknowledge that He can. Thirdly, we must allow, and He will. The word therefore in verse number 10 of our text connects what Paul knew to what Paul did with what he knew. Now, I think this is very important for us to understand that we hopefully know a lot of truth. Because we've read the Word of God, we've studied the Word of God, but are we applying what we know to be true to our lives? It's very important that we make that connection. Paul did it, and because he did it, God worked through him mightily. Paul not only understood what God could do, but he trusted in God and put that truth to work. What good is truth if it's not put to work? If, what good is it in our lives if we say we, we love the Word of God, we love the Lord Jesus Christ, but the proof of our love is when we put that truth to action. That we recognize God as holy, that He's all-powerful, He's almighty, and He's all-knowing. And His wisdom far exceeds my wisdom, therefore will I trust in Him. And as I make those acclamations with my mouth, I affirm them by doing them by carrying out those truths in my life. Paul's confidence that God would do as he said led him to glory or to boast in his weaknesses. When Paul understood that every weakness was an opportunity for the demonstration of God's power, he made two choices. First was to depend on God's power, and secondly, to depend upon it. He recognized that the glory of God was far greater 
than any boasting that he could do in and of himself. And that was the greater good. And that was what should be most important in our lives, is that we want God to be exalted, that we want Christ to be honored, that we want him to be magnified. So we need to get out of the way and let God work through our weakness. So we must choose to desire. I hit on this just a moment ago. We must choose to desire. Paul made a choice to desire God's power on his life more than his own comforts. He was willing to embrace difficulty if that would bring God's power. Philippians 3.10, Paul is admitting and acknowledging this fact. He says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. As I preface this lesson with what the key is here in Paul's life, and it's this, that he desired to be fully acquainted with the person of Jesus Christ. Fully acquainted. Understanding Christ to the fullest level, to know Him intimately, that He might know Christ's power. This word desire here, understand it's a sincere longing. We throw that word desire around, but the word and the the connotation here that we need to understand and the gravity of it is that we must long for it more than anything else. We must chase after and want to intimately know Christ and His power in our lives. In Philippians 3.10, we again see that Christ's power is connected to suffering. But Paul didn't pull back from the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. He knew this, if that... If suffering would help him better understand and to better know Christ and to experience His power, then he was willing to go through it. Paul not only desired the power of Christ, he also wanted it so he could fulfill the purpose of Christ. He was willing to glory in his weakness and take pleasure in persecution for Christ's sake. The end of his desire for Christ's power was to advance his cause and to glorify his name. Now consider your life and your walk with the Lord. What are you willing to go through that the power of Christ may rest upon you and that His glory would shine through you? What are you willing to go through? What are you willing to suffer for the cause of Christ? Paul had made this reckoning in his heart. That it was more important to him that Christ's power would rest upon him and that His glory would shine through him. Galatians 6.14 But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. When we look at the big picture, the grand scheme of things, what does this world need to see? They don't need to see me. They don't need to see anything of me. They need to see Jesus Christ. That's all this world needs. So whatever it takes for the Lord to get me out of the way, that others might see Christ and come to know Him, And so be it. And this was where Paul was in his life and in his walk with the Lord. He chose to desire the Lord Jesus Christ above anything else. And if it meant suffering, if it meant persecution, if it meant trials, if it meant an ongoing weakness physically in his life, he was willing to go through it. That the power of Christ might rest upon him and that Christ would be glorified. So choose to desire. Next, we must choose to depend. 
choose to depend. Paul said, most gladly will I. He knew that God's work would require His enabling grace, and he chose to depend upon it, exchanging his weakness for God's strength. And Paul was able to rejoice in his inabilities because of what God's ability could accomplish. As we depend upon God's grace, we must recognize that His grace provides a free and endless supply of power for life and ministry. We can quickly recognize that there's an end to our strength. At the end of each day, how many of us are not tired and ready to go to bed? We recognize there's a limitation in these bodies. We can only do so much. There's, but with God, there's no limitation. His strength and His power is always available. And it's always ready to be given. He wants us to tap into this resource and to serve Him with it. When we rely wholly on His grace and not our strength to do His work, God receives the glory and we receive His divine enablement. In Romans 5, 2, it says, By whom also we have access by faith into, his, into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You know, I hope that when you read verses such as this, you recognize all that's been given to you and you're very gracious and thankful for it. God has given us a great faith. And by that faith, we have access to many, many wonderful and mind-blowing opportunities that God gives us. Just uh, reveling in the grace that God gives us is an amazing, amazing thought that we ought to be forever, ever thankful for. So because of our faith, we have access into this grace. And then he says, you have access to this grace, but you're also standing in it. Because you are saved by the grace of God, you're standing in this grace. Your life is surrounded in this grace. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So when we trust Christ as our Savior, we have full access to the gift of God's grace and its privileges. But we can only let His grace work in our lives when we choose to rely on it. When we consider all that God has done for us and all that He has given to us, how can we do anything but serve Him and love Him and live for Him with our lives? It's most selfish of us to go our own way and to do our own thing and to live our own life and not consider what God has done for us. When I, by faith, exchange my weakness for His strength, his all-sufficient grace is accessed for my life and all of the challenges that I face. I can be strong in God's power in spite of my weakness because of who He is. Galatians 2.20 I'm sure you're familiar with this verse, but it speaks of the truth of our position in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. This is the position that God gives us through salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to make a decision daily to walk in that position. We have to make a decision that I'm going to uh, live by the faith of the Son of God because He loved me and He gave Himself for me and I'm going to live for Him. I'm going to choose to desire Him. I'm going to choose to depend on Him. I'm going to allow Him to guide my life. And I'm going to allow Him to uh, point out areas of my life which are contrary to His Word, that are not uh, grounded in truth and in righteousness. 
I'm going to allow Him to purge those things from my life that I might live for Him and honor Him in all that I do. After preaching what he deemed was his worst sermon, Charles Spurgeon returned home greatly humiliated and disappointed at his failure. Still, he got on his knees and prayed, Lord God, Thou canst do something with nothing. Bless that poor sermon. Spurgeon continued praying that throughout the week, even waking at night to plead with God, please do something with this sermon. To recover himself from defeat, he worked hard to preach a great sermon the next Sunday. The next sermon was a huge success, earning him the praise of his congregation. But it did not lead to any souls being saved. His failed sermon, however, had brought 41 souls to the Lord. We fail to recognize what God can do. I, I think many of us, and I, I would raise my hand, recognize our inadequacies, our inabilities, um, and wonder how God could use us. Uh, but understand that God can use a humble servant. God can do miraculous things. And again, as I said a moment ago, it's not us that the world needs to see, it's Christ through us. And as we get out of the way and let Him do a work, God can do miraculous things. If we're speaking the truth of God's Word, God can do wonderful things. And He can work in the lives of individuals uh, who are submitted to Him. God sometimes chooses to accomplish His work through our weakness that we might know that any success is solely by His power. Remember, all these things that we're... God, Paul is recognizing that in and of himself, he can do nothing for the glory of God. And we should recognize that also. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to bring glory to God. It's only as we get out of the way and let God work through us that he can receive the glory. And we can quickly recognize this was not me. <laughs> this was God doing a great work. So God has given and will continue to give His power to those who exchange their weakness for His strength. We can be strong because of the One who lives in us and enables us. Our first response to any weakness that we recognize in our lives is often to ask God to remove it. God, would you help me to get through this? God, would you help take this from my life? While God could easily do that, we may be forfeiting ourselves of the greater work that He wants to do and accomplish through us. Paul began, like we do, by asking God to remove his thorn in the flesh. But when God revealed the gift of his grace and the strength that he imparts through weakness, Paul had a change of perspective in his life. He went from seeking to eliminate his thorn to embracing it. His thorn turned into his triumph because of what God could accomplish through it. As many of us have been saved for some time in this room, I'm sure you can look back on your life and recognize the gift and the benefit of the grace of God upon your life. And I hope that that is your greatest desire, is that the grace of God would rest upon you. So it doesn't matter what's in my life, what infirmity, what weakness. It's more important for me to recognize and to experience the grace of God pouring out upon my life and to walk in His strength. God is not looking for strong Christians who don't need Him. He desires to use weak people who acknowledge their inabilities 
and allow Him to demonstrate His ability. He gives and will continue to give His power to those who exchange their weakness for His strength. There's an important truth here in that summary or that conclusion that I've just given. It's a, it's a heart matter. It's an issue of the heart. We may look like we've got everything together on the outside. But what's the issue in the heart? What's going on in the heart? Is the heart centered on the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you submitting yourselves to Him from the heart? And are you allowing Him to work through you from the heart? I said there that God is not looking for strong Christians. He's not looking for Christians that seemingly have it all together or have this mindset that they don't need God. They, may, they wouldn't say that with their mouth, but in their actions, they're walking that way. He would rather have a Christian who recognizes their limitations, their inabilities, their weakness, and fully place their trust and their inability, their weakness in God's hand. Get out of the way and let God do a tremendous work. So the question is, what's your weakness today? Recognize that weakness. Ask God for His strength and power to work through that weakness that others might be reached, that others might be benefited for the glory of Christ because you got out of the way and you let God work and His glory shine through you. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for Your grace and we're thankful for Your goodness to us. And Father, it's just amazing what all that You seek to do and provide in, in our lives. Father, I'm thankful that You are a great God. I'm thankful that You seek to work in our lives. Father, I pray that You would help each one of us to take this lesson to heart. Help us to recognize that You desire to work through us. And I pray that we would admit that we can't recognizing that you can, and then allowing you to do that work in our lives, that you might be honored and glorified in all that we do. Father, I pray now that you be at the service to follow. Speak again to our hearts. Help us to be open and receptive to your word that might do a work in our lives to draw us closer to you. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your kind attention. We'll meet right back in here at 1030.